I haven't listened to the whole thing yet. Mackenzie, take it okay. away. Hey, y'all. So welcome back to What's Really Going On. It's Mackenzie here. So we're switching things up on today's episode. This is episode 60, by the way, and I'll be your host because we have a special guest joining us today. But before we get to that, y'all know the deal. Follow us on social media, on Twitter, Instagram at WRGOPod. Subscribe on YouTube at What's Really Going On. Listen, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Podcasts. I know that that was a lot but I got through it. <laughs> um, and also, also very important, be sure to purchase our shirts that are raising awareness about voting and a portion of them go to Michelle Obama's um, organization when we all vote and y'all know y'all love the Obamas. So support them by supporting us and support a black business. Um, and you can find them in the link in all of our um, social media bios. Um, so now that we've got that out of the way, without further ado, let me introduce our guest today, Jordan Wilson, who is the co-founder of Politicking, the Politicking app, and is also a Howard alum. How are you? H-U. Hi, Mackenzie. It's so good to be here. Oh, yeah. We're so excited to have you. So this is our first time on What's Really Going On, and we're just about to get into it. Jordan, can you tell us and some of our listeners just a little bit about politicking and like why you wanted to start the app? The first thing I want to say is that it's actually a cross-platform um, and a cross-integration platform, and it's really a tool and resource for people to use on Instagram, on Twitter, uh, through the app, which we would encourage everyone to download now, and of course, through our web-based offerings, which are through our website. Um, we offer uh, users a way to view and upload multimedia thoughts and opinions or um, news-based functions. And what we're really um, engaging in this work around is making sure that people understand what's happening with elections at every level. We all know that content is king, and with that, videos, uh, news articles, and frankly, opinion-based pieces that are research-heavy are, are what I think will drive more Black and Brown people to the polls. And so Politicking Snapshot is to provide that information in a nonpartisan way and in a way that does really support the facts so that we don't have to continue to vote without knowing everybody on the ballot. We all know who's going to be running at the top, um, and that's Kamala Harris and Joe Biden, and then, of course, Mike Pence and Donald Trump. But we don't know a lot of people that will actually dictate our day-to-day -day lives. We don't know a lot about or enough about the people who are governing what happens with our school boards or our streets or our garbage, right? Like that's simple stuff. Um, Talk and that's, about it. Yeah, then that's stuff that you don't get to really uh, focus so much about the presidency on. Uh, you really have to turn your eyes, not necessarily away, um, but beyond what's happening at 1600 Pennsylvania, because as I mentioned, you know, you can't call Donald Trump tomorrow and tell him, you know, what you need. <laughs> you definitely can't call Kamala Harris now. She's she's on the up and up. But right. You call your mayor, your council person or your county commissioner and tell them, you know, I'm not seeing what I want after voting year after year. And so, um, you know, this is how I'm going to hold you accountable and politicking is the place that you find the information that you need to do that. Can I chime in real, real, like... Go ahead, Henry. <laughs> they know how pressed I was, because, like, I have been like, oh, my God, we had to get her, we got to get her, we got to get her, because for me, like, a lot of my peers from back home, they're 
newly being becoming engaged in like you know vote the voting process and like i know specifically one of my friends like when we we're doing like for the primary they were like i wish i would have known these other people so i was like bro like this app like i really really like i'm, I'm a supporter i'm a fan because like for me i'm not like a political head and being on the podcast and being friends with noah has introduced me to a lot of stuff that i wasn't very familiar with like i heard about it went to school about it but like did I care it didn't apply to my life right yeah. um but as an adult you start to see how these policies and politics in general just apply to you whether it's tax healthcare, etc cetera, etc cetera. um and your app for me allowed me to just kind of expand my mind on knowing who's representing me where yeah so thank you no no or Henry I'm sorry you're absolutely right um and we would have never had like a Pete Buttigieg without local elections I think people fail to realize that he's I know he's famous he ran for president but he only made it onto the national scene or even to posture himself to run because he was a mayor and that's the stuff that really matters he only probably got a lot of the slack that he did because of what people paid attention to when during his tenure as mayor of South Bend, Indiana. So to your point, you know, we've got to really lock into this stuff that's happening on the ground, even with, and I'm sure you might want to address this a little bit later, but, but policing and things of that nature, you know, we saw with Keith Ellison, who's the attorney general of Minnesota, that was really the make or break decision, of course, Daniel Cameron uh, in uh, Kentucky, you know, this is the stuff that matters. Of course, of course, of course, it's important to pay attention to Donald Trump and Joe Biden and all of the interesting things that are happening with the campaign. But, you know, we got to really pay attention to the people that, uh, you know, really determine if we live or if we don't. And I'm being serious about that. Noah, you haven't said anything. Uh, no, I just, I think what, um, when I was like looking through the app yesterday, I noticed that, you know, it, it's so in depth and that it really goes there about everything like I think the main thing that I noticed that y'all had like ballot initiatives and that's the stuff where like you know in Florida they had a whole ballot initiative about you know felons being able to vote so like what how hard was it to kind of like just track all of this information down because I think the strength of the app is that it's so heavy and that it doesn't just say like here's your congressperson and here's your senator and that's it it's like no here's basically everything that's happening in your area so like take us through that like how did that come about and how like hard was it because a lot of I'm sure you know this now like a lot of like state house candidates don't have good websites and they don't have like actual information that you can actually grasp at. and some of that's on purpose <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah. like and so how did you go about like condensing a lot of information and no information and making it like accessible for you know people like us yeah, so to answer your question how it started, it started four years ago when I voted on the presidency and all the other things that were happening locally. I was engaging with the referendum about the schools and I was like, what the hell does this mean? Like, who knows what this is? Like, I wouldn't have been able to find this anywhere else on the internet. I'm like, yes, I guess, maybe. And that was ultimately a referendum that fortunately would have been good to support, but not enough people in my community did. It would have really helped our school systems in my hometown of Gary, Indiana. So to the earlier question that you asked about how it started, that's really how from experience, you know, too many of us, I'm sure many of us on this call walked into the polls, see a referendum year after year, who knows what it means. But that stuff actually 
dictate social policy locally and statewide. Um, how we were really and how we are seeking to solve that is by capturing an algorithm and sort of functioning on the back end all the information that's provided online about it, but also uh, just breaking down what a vote yes or a vote no means. So for instance, now in my hometown, there's another school board referendum coming up and it's mm. to help increase the salaries of folks who are helping our school board just to maintain talent essentially. Um, mm -hmm. My areas of like of Gary, Indiana is very poverty stricken area and so what that ballot is initiative seeks to do is bring back talent uh, for administrators and also for educators to our school district. But what we do is simply uh, help people understand what the implications are of them supporting or standing against a referendum. Um, that takes, to be honest, like I said, research, but also as building in a way so that some of that stuff can be filtered based off of your location. And um, and it's nonpartisan, right? That's as nonpartisan as it gets. I mean, of course, sometimes referendums and the support that they get are split along party lines, but it doesn't get any simple as telling you if you vote yes for this referendum, X amount of people are going to continue to go to jail. Right. Um, and if you don't, many people might be free to your point about the referendum or the initiative in Florida. That's actually turned into a case that might end up in the Supreme Court. Yeah. You know, mm. you're still right. essentially taxing formerly convicted felons to vote. And that's mm -hmm. something that in appeals court, uh, courts that are often considered full of intelligent and reasonable judges approved. Um, and so, you know, it, it's important that we understand that it's important that we we understand we have the ability to figure out if someone can really have that right to vote. That's really, you know, something that the Florida decision shows us. Mm. So like <clears throat> with like all the research you had to do to build the app, and I'm pretty sure you're working with different, you know, people and resources. Um, do you think or what do you think uh, made or caused a big turnout in like 2018 midterms where it was a lot of like again racial and ethnic like big groups came out um and they you know showed up in the election do you think your app could have played a part or bigger part or you know the research or access to the amount of research or information we have with social media what do you think like may have caused that dramatic increase. There were so many cooks in the kitchen of what uh, led to, I think what you all are considering the historic turnout of 2018 midterms, but namely, I think so many people were shocked that a person for uh, who for most polls had about a 10% or less chance of winning one and not mm -hmm. just by a thin margin. People act like he actually got a significant amount of the electoral college. So, you know, I think the watershed moment that that inspired and him being someone that so many people fundamentally disagreed with woke mm -hmm. folks up, you know, we, myself mm. included, live in a fairy tale with Obama. And that's just not because he was a black Democrat for a lot uh -huh. of young, like educated folks. That's because he was reasonable. He was decent. Everything he said made sense to at mm -hmm. least most people. Donald Trump mm -hmm. is not really interested in that. I'm not saying it's wrong or right. I'm just saying mm -hmm. that the last thing he's interested in is appeasing all of our opinions and biases. And so I think really understanding how powerful the 
one vote, just one vote was uh, really woke us up and pushed us to the polls in 2018. I think also so many candidates stepped up to run once they saw mm-hmm. that, you know, this guy who doesn't have any experience in the world in politics can become president. I think they saw that and stepped up to run themselves. And that inspired people, you know, we were able to elect an Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. We were able to elect an Ayanna Presley. We mm-hmm. elected some dope people in politics and yes. partisan, but just as legislators and as speakers, those mm-hmm. women are pretty inspirational. Rashida Tlaib, we were able to elect all of them. And so I don't think people wanted to pass up on that chance. Um, I think a third thing is that, you know, we're feeling this now, but I know people talk about how the coronavirus bought about, you know, just this economic recession. I think that was kind of happening a little bit um, into Donald Trump's term. Now, obviously, Barack Obama turned the economy around, but that was already happening. Talk about it. Yeah. Talk about it. It was was happening right before the virus, and then things got super exacerbated Mm -hmm. by it. But people recognize, you know, they didn't have an easy way to get a pathway towards, you know, a good and lucrative career. They didn't even have an easy way to get to college. And people are like, Mm -hmm. we have to do something about it. Mm -hmm. So I think those things definitely led um, to historic numbers in 2018. So I have a question. What do you say to millennials? Since you're very, like, also mentioned um, local elections. I know, like, at least on my timeline on Twitter, a lot of, like, young voters feel like it's the lesser of two evils, and I don't feel like that's a reason to vote, and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't even know. I don't, it, I, I kind of get annoyed, like, always engaging with it, trying to convince people to vote, but, like, what is your thought on that? We have to take it personal. I'm sure you've seen, like, watch reality TV or watch something or even a game. I don't care anything about the NFL, but I end up with a team every Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't care anything about it. Take it personal. It does have something to do with you. Even if you don't like a candidate, you have to vote against something. You can't possibly mm-hmm. be that apathetic. And so I think people have to get invested. You know, when you watch a show, um, I watched Real Housewives of Potomac, and I've gotten one of my friends so into what's happening with some of the characters. I'm like, you got to choose a side. And that's just really how it is. And it's mm-hmm. not about uh, backing one person or the other. But I think you have to look at it based on you're backing certain ideals and issues over the other. And I'm not saying you have to pick one over the other. Again, we're nonpartisan. But what I'm saying is you absolutely have to stand, stand behind something if you're living for something. Right. Um, and some of these people don't have no morals, man. Right. Maybe that's it. <laughs> Maybe anything goes, but I don't know. Like, you know, I, I know America is supposed to be the wealthiest and most uh, opportunity-driven country on earth, but we can't leave everything up to chance. Yeah. So I have like a two-prong question here. What's that? So one, being that we just talked about like morals and values, what do you expect going into like tomorrow? tomorrow's debate being in like <laughs> our last debate was like yeah. rah, rah, you know and now there's those new lot. guidelines no, stuff of like you can mute people or or whatever yeah and we Trump might have covid we don't know right. <laughs> yeah also, also also there's like a deadly disease that he has. Yeah. Right. yeah i know that that in itself was just i was like wow you know trump really must feel kind of like cavalier about this coronavirus but Listen. um I, I, we always do a drinking game. So you know, I, I expect to engage in that a lot. 
kind of use buzzwords. So, uh, you know, what I expect really from the debate is for us to hear a lot more about the candidates' um, backgrounds, dirty laundry, so to speak. Because I, to be honest with you, the presidential debate stage isn't often where we hear a lot about policy. I don't think uh, Joe Biden or Donald Trump are policy wonks. That's not a criticism. That's just straight up. They're all about telling people the honest truth about what they care about. So for Trump, he'll talk a lot about how he cares about economic recovery from the coronavirus, whether or not we've seen his efforts towards that. Who, mm -hmm. you know, who's to say, but uh, Joe Biden will talk a lot about his fact, the fact that he doesn't think we've gotten a lot done in terms of healthcare recovery. Um, you know, the numbers of folks infected and dying from the coronavirus are on the rise as we speak. I mean, that's a real thing. It's not a hoax. And so that's something that the both of them will have to engage with. Mm -hmm. And uh, they'll certainly stand on opposite sides. I think also as we are moving, you know, closer towards the election, you can't possibly ignore the fact that so much is just happening internationally and domestically with the fight for Black lives. That's something that Trump is going to have to engage with. I know he kind of backpedaled uh, during the last debate once he didn't detest, you know, Klansmen or the Proud Boys, as they like to call themselves. But I think he's going to have to be straight up about that. Again, it's not a criticism. It's just something that he's not uh, sort of engaged head on. He'll absolutely have to tomorrow. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think, well, no, you haven't said anything. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm just here for all of this. I think, um, <laughs> uh, I think one thing that was like on, and I know like Henry, Henry talks about the, Henry McKenzie talks about this all the time of like, um, like I think I'm kind of like the person with like the political experience. I think they're the ones who like tell me like, no, this is what it actually is. And I know we often talk about how like, how campaigns see themselves versus how the actual voters see them. And I think the biggest thing is the difference between, you know, trying to engage black and brown voters every four years versus like trying to do it in an actual consistent way that's not pandering. And I think your app is doing that. So I think, what do you think that, like clearly there needs to be more work done by party organizations, by campaigns, by politicians. Your app actually kind of just cuts through the noise and says like, here's just what it is and you figure it out, but I'm going to like provide you with the information. What do you think that like the political space in general needs to do to kind of actually engage us? Because they talk the game, but the substance isn't there and they don't actually understand the issues. But I think your app actually goes about that and just saying like, what we actually want is the information. We don't want that appear on, you know, whatever the hip hop radio station is. Like, what do you, like, what do you think? Yeah. And, what do you think and, needs and to and be no done? no more presidential rap contest. I know Joe Biden. <laughs> I don't know Please. what that was about. <laughs> yeah. Um, we need to talk more about the issues and how to navigate with them. People always say, um, you know, it, money is not a bad thing. You just got to know how to use money. You got to know how money works. You have to know how voting works. And it, it works based on what issues or what interests will help certain candidates uh, make their way into office or what might end up, you know, getting them kicked out, uh, you know, and that's the big thing that this presidential election boils down to. I know I talked a lot about not paying so much attention to it, but as we talk about it, you know, I think it boils down to the issues. Do we feel, as I mentioned, that we've been protected by our president uh, and his leadership around the coronavirus? Do we feel like 
people like you and me don't have to worry about our loans or any other issues as it pertains to education. You know, I think it's, it's going to be a very issue focused election as much as people kind of like to make it about the candidates. And so I think that people have to also understand that, you know, lobbying issues and engaging with issues isn't something just for candidates, it's for people too. And it's not just for like lobbyists, you know, literal right, lobbyists, yeah. I, you know, advocacy seems to be something we talk about when we mentioned the women's march or some sort of protest advocacy should be our day-to-day who do you mm-hmm. think you know if, if we left it to candidates alone to figure out what policies they needed to legislate or push we wouldn't get anything done you know yeah, what i mean because they represent and vote and, and work frankly for people so i think that we kind of have to continue making our voices heard uh, based on helping candidates know that we're going to hold them accountable to what they're actually doing based on the issues not sure so like you can maybe highlight it one or two while you're just saying it but what issues directly because i think me noah and mckinsey all kind of go back back and forth about what we think is important to us in this election but what issues do you think will increase like the black and brown participation with voters uh so i mentioned one is um i think economic simulation and that has been obviously the topic over the last seven days with ice cube and him engaging with his own plan and then engaging with the president's <laughs> plan and like what's really happening with that plan. But clearly there's, well, what I will say is clearly there's some interests around economic stimulation for black right, people. So right. obviously that's an interest. Um, and then I think another thing that is personally important to me and should it be important to us all is healthcare. You know, a lot of us who have graduated from college and gone on to get professional degrees even probably take the fact that, you know, in insurance, health insurance is a big deal and it is mm-hmm. not a given. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I know we're young. I know we're healthy now. But, you know, as you get older, even have ailing parents, you want to make sure that you can absolutely take care of them or take care of ourselves without having to worry about losing a home or losing a car or really important assets to us. You know, we as black people have some real disparities with healthcare in our community, all sorts of diseases unknown at the time. Yeah. So healthcare is really, really huge. And I think especially with this virus happening, especially with the virus. (laughs) And, you know, to be honest, neither of the candidates have taken a real definitive stance on healthcare. And so I think if, they or even some candidates at the local and state levels continue to talk more about it. That will really push mobilization amongst our people. What do y'all think? I'm kind of curious though. What issues do you talk a lot about? Well, for me personally, like you said, it would definitely like be healthcare um, because like you said, I have a older mom mm-hmm. and she's always back and forth. I got something wrong, something wrong. Oh, I'm like, lady, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's, for me, I definitely, like, she's insured, thankfully, through private insurance because she doesn't work any longer. Um, so I'm grateful for that. But, like, the access to healthcare for, like, Black people is definitely, like, a major concern for myself. Um, because I know, like, a, even a lot of my friends who don't necessarily have, like, the corporate job, mm-hmm. and the fact that our insurance is tied to a job um, is problematic for me. So I yes. am definitely uh, interested to see how they work through that, because I know a big thing Trump tries to do is, like, shoot Biden in the foot. Of, well, you did the affordable care, and then did that, da, you're stopping the private, da, da, da. Mm-hmm. and I know personally, like, the pharmaceutical, <clears throat> excuse me, insurance industry is too embedded in the economic you know, system for it to just 
completely disappear. Mm-hmm. But I am interested to see how they work to maneuver and create, like, again, like, you know, Obamacare did go to a lot of, and people say he didn't do anything with black people. That helped a lot of black that and brown people. Black people. Yeah. That we helped a lot. Help. Listen, listen, <laughs> listen. The reason I have insurance today is because I'm on my mother's plan. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't put you on a commercial, Noah. They really do. <laughs> <laughs> I would sell the hell out of that information. <laughs> no, but yeah, you're right. Uh, you're you're absolutely right, Henry. I don't know who they thought that helped, but that was something that was supposed to make things more equitable for us. So I don't know why this country thinks you have to work to be healthy. Frankly, you have to work to live, but I would- Capitalism, capitalism. 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 I would love to hear a candidate stand against that idea. Listen, and, uh, and then the second thing for me as a black man, my protection in America, the police brutality issue that's going on in America, and we can branch this conversation to worldwide because we see what's happening in the world. But um, specifically in America, how like, for me, I wanted to practice law and I understood like there was no set precedent as to how you hold a like officer accountable in the legal system. Unless again, like the prosecutor decides to hold this person accountable. Um, So it's kind of like a up and down thing. Um, So for me, again, I am looking for some type of federal mandate, some type of something that says this is like the minimum of how we deal with this. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, state and local offices, which, you know, figure out how to either amplify it or completely ignore it. Mm -hmm. But I am looking for something, uh, especially being that Kamala was a prosecutor and she's Mm -hmm. an HBCU grad Mm -hmm. um, and she's directly tied to that issue. I'm curious to see what they do about that. I'm curious to see it also. Um, and that that that's probably the primary issue. I guess I was thinking about some of the issues that there has been substantive talk about because unfortunately to your point, um, or somewhat substantive talk, unfortunately to your point, neither of the candidates have really talked to me about radical thought-provoking ideas to combat mm-hmm. police brutality. I know Joe Biden has talked a little bit about it. I know Donald Trump had been talking about it earlier in the year with the actual proposal, but to be honest, I think some of them both, uh, they, they're they're very much bare minimum proposals. Yeah, very yeah. lackluster. Yeah, she's like lackluster. <laughs> very, very <laughs> But I mean, and I hate to, I hate to be on that, but like, I'm not surprised by the lacklusterness of it because it's just kind of like, I, I don't know, like I, I would, ex- everything that they've commented and like they've said, it's been very like, I feel like cookie cutter, but I don't expect anything more. And I feel like that's why Kamala was added to give that extra like push mm. to maybe push Biden into stepping into that more. But like, if it was somebody else that wasn't like a black person or a person of color, I wouldn't be surprised by the lacklusterness, honestly. Yeah, I yeah, and whether or not she is going to mobilize black people is still something I'm wondering yeah. about. And I mean, yeah. us as a whole, obviously middle age leftists like her, older leftists like her in the black community, or at least like her enough to vote for her. Um, yeah. But you know, to the extent that you know, I, I people keep talking a lot about the fact that older left, uh, older folks on the left carry Joe Biden through the primary, but we're supposed to be, as in young people, the majority electorate in 2020. Mm-hmm. 
Talk about we'll see. I was like, the math ain't math, and something ain't adding up. No, but that's what also made me like concerned too. Because at the beginning, I was like, um, this isn't going like in this is not going in the way that I thought it would go, and right. it's like really looking crazy right now. So that's why I'm still kind of holding my breath, even with like the polls and everything saying like every you know across the country it's looking to Biden, but it's still like you just I don't know. I, I'm curious to yeah. see what's gonna happen with this what i will say is that you know over 20 million voters have already cast their ballot and Mm -hmm. so that's historic it's unprecedented it's i think i want to say it was like 50 times or like it's just this astronomical number of the amount of folks who have voted at this point in 2016 but um it's favorable towards democrats and mm-hmm. older democrats so but that that's natural uh early voting and mail-in voting is something that democrats embrace generally uh, republicans tend to shy away from it so we'll see what this stuff actually means yeah. um and and the interim we'll just kind of have to like you said hold our breath and keep doing our research yeah research yeah. so speaking of research um uh, i want to ask you one or two things one how can we or our listeners get get politicking? How can we come in contact with politicking? You pick up your phone. It's as simple as that. Go into your iOS or Google Play Store um, for the Droid users and download politicking. It's P-O-L-I-T-I-C-K-I-N-G. You can also go into the website, which is the same name with politicking app. On Twitter, we're politicking app, and on Facebook and Instagram, we're politicking the app. So we've got some cross-platform content, videos, uh, graphs. I'm about to post one when we get off the phone. That's really cool. It kind of talked about what I just mentioned, which were early voter numbers and trends. But that's how they can lock in with us. Um, I would encourage you all to do like Noah has done, Mackenzie and Henry, and download politicking and tell us what you think. We're accessible. We are not, you know, any any folks who are hard to reach dm us and let us know we just had a really controversial candidate angela stan king and people have definitely been telling us how they feel about it so you know we aren't afraid to hear some <laughs> well, feedback that's good. That's good. That's, that, i'm glad you get feedback uh, and speaking of feedback and growth which are uh, at like what after the 2020 election what do you see politicking becoming or the future for politicking I will become a lot more present as we have some partnerships lined up and we'll also become, I would like to say, the premier accountability resource. And so that will really shift to our focus, especially since we won't have another presidential election for three years into that. And for most municipalities, that's not their big um, local and state election. 2021 for most places like Kentucky, a lot of the people that have made decisions with the case of Breonna Taylor, for instance, the judge who issued the no-knock warrants is up for re-election in 2021. The legislator who wrote Breonna's law is up for re-election in 2021. That's some key stuff. And so what we'll and be And that's some stuff year. I didn't know. So yeah. Right. That's important. So, the yeah, more you know. That's, yeah, that's the important. More you know. Um, and even in my hometown, we are reelecting or, uh, you know, electing new folks into key offices locally and statewide. So we'll help people figure out. We have a lot of accountability guides um, that will be coming out through the app and then through 
uh, work with some of our partners. And so I would say be on the lookout for that. That is super important because ele elected officials know, I think we don't realize it, the election or campaigning never stops. It really doesn't. As soon as you make your way back in, you know, you're kind of showing people what you'll do for them. So that will be our focus, helping people keep track of what's actually getting done. I'm excited. It sounds like you got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, no, we absolutely, this is exciting work. You know, people always, and, and that's the ethos of our work, sort of engage and put their eyes towards the political landscape during these four years. So like 2020, 2024, and things of that nature, but we're going to change the culture by ensuring that we're, we stay locked in with elections, no matter if it's presidential, local, or state. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jordan, for joining us today. Um, we are so excited to have you. Um, and like I said before, follow us on social media, on Twitter and IG at WRGO. Subscribe on YouTube at What's Really Going On and grab your t-shirts, please. But thank you for listening. And thank you, Jordan, for joining us. Thank you guys thank for having you. me. Thank you. Thank you.